You are listening to the official podcast of the Mission Redlands. We are a growing community living out God's radical love. Honor and uh, very humbling always for me to be allowed to share with you. And I'm always so gracious that you guys don't just get up and walk out every time I'm up here. So thank you. And welcome to everyone who's gathering with us online. Um, welcome. Um, I've drawn a blank on what I was going to say. Um, <laughs> my name's Paul. I'm part of the teaching team here. Uh, our, our head pastor, Jason, wanted to be here with you this week, but... Um, are you guys part of a grow group? Anyone? Our grow groups are really awesome. I was patient zero in our grow group, and then uh, everyone has gotten sick in our grow group, and now including Jason this week, so we all got it pretty bad, and uh, that's why I'm here th- this morning. I'm subbing in today, and uh, I had to apologize to James because I was finishing up what I was going to say last night, and I was supposed to send him the scriptures. And I did draft the email, I just didn't send the email. So that's kind of the week we've been through. Um, But before we go any further, as is uh, my preference, uh, let's pray first. Our Father, who's in the heavens, which are all around us, they're not far off. And our Father, not just my Father, your our Father, not the Father, but our Father, who is in the heavens, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. Among the mission family as it is in heaven. In Redlands as it is in heaven. In the Inland Empire as it is in heaven in our families, in our workplaces, as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who have trespassed against us. Lead us not into the great trial and deliver us from the great trial. Deliver us from our sufferings and be with us. For you are all-powerful, and yours is the kingdom forever. Amen. All right, so uh, if you were with us last week, we had a a great time last week. And if you weren't, I encourage you to go back and uh, watch Ricardo's sermon. And if you're at home with us, you can just pause me, and you can go watch Ricardo's sermon first. That's what I would do. Um, But Ricardo preached about Uh, how much God loves you and how much he is with you, even in your suffering. And Ricardo is very vulnerable about some of the things he's going through. And uh, we, as a church, we and this Holy Spirit felt that it was good to pray for him and to offer supplications and to declare healing over him. And uh, we did that as a church. And it was a beautiful moment. Um, We didn't get the miracle we were hoping for, for Ricardo. Um, So we want to continue that conversation today with you and talk about where we go from here when 
we don't always get the answer that we want from God. And we're going we're gonna to be in 1 Corinthians 12 today. So if you have a, a Bible or a Bible app, you can uh, turn there. I always think, man, what a flex it would be if when I, we invited people to open up their Bible or their, their phone that somebody pulled out a scroll. <laughs> I got parchment. I've got parchment 423 from the 4th century, buddy. You have to flex on us like that. So if you're in 1 Corinthians 12, um, we're going to be out of there today. And you know what? I just realized I didn't put that on here either, but I'm going to read it from the confidence monitor. It says, Now, dear brothers and sisters, regarding your questions about the special abilities that the Spirit gives us, I don't want you to misunderstand this. You know that when you were still pagans, you were led astray and swept along in worshiping speechless idols. So I want you to know that no one speaking by the Spirit of God will curse Jesus, and no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. There are different kinds of spiritual gifts, but the same Spirit is the source of them all. There are different kinds of service, but we serve the same Lord. God works in different ways, but it is the same God who does the work in all of us. A spiritual gift is given to each of us so that we can help each other. To one person, the Spirit gives the ability to give wise advice. To another, the same Spirit gives a message of special knowledge. The same Spirit gives great faith to one another. And to someone else, the one, the one Spirit gives all the gift of healing. He gives the one person the power to perform miracles, and another the ability to prophesy. He gives someone else the ability to discern whether a message is from the Spirit of God or from another spirit. And still another person is given the ability to speak in unknown languages, while another is given the ability to interpret what is being said. It is the one and only Spirit who distributes all these gifts, and He alone decides which gift each person should have. So, um, now... So what, what were some of the, 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 the gifts of the Spirit? Anybody? You can shout them out. We can be participatory, participatory this morning. Participatory? Participatory. Sorry. Discernment. Discernment. All right. Prophecy. Yeah, good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. And now uh, it goes on. He goes on. He says, now, while the more honorable parts do not require this special care. This is far, for, continuing on in 1 Corinthians, uh, picking up at verse 24. He says, now, while the more honorable parts do not require this special care, so God has put the body together such that the extra honor and care are given to those parts that have less dignity. This makes for harmony among the members so that all the members care for each other. If one part suffers, all the parts suffer with it. And if one part is honored, all the parts are glad. All of you together are Christ's body, and each of you is a part of it. Here are some of the parts God has appointed for of the church. First are apostles, second are prophets, third are teachers, and then those who do miracles, those who have the gift of healing, those who can help others, those who have the gift of leadership, those who speak in unknown languages. Are we all apostles? Are we all prophets? 
Are we all teachers? Do we all have the power to do miracles? Do we all have the gift of healing? Do we all have the ability to speak in unknown languages? Do we all have the ability to interpret unknown languages? Of course not. So you should earnestly desire the most helpful gifts. But now let me show you a way that is best of all. So before we go on, we're going to go on to chapter 13. So right, here's Paul. He's talking to the church, right? And they're obviously having a conversation, an ongoing conversation about the, the gifts of the Spirit and all the different things. And um, as you can imagine, some of those conversations, we, we, we have those in modern-day churches as well, right? So he's talking to them. He's talking about the gifts. And then what he's going to do, he's going to tell us the most important gift of all the gifts that he's given to us. Now, typically, does anyone know what 1 Corinthians is like one of the most famous chapters in the Bible? And we've touched on it before, yes. Right. So, if anybody got married, anybody in here married? Did you have this verse in your wedding ceremony? 1 Corinthians, you didn't. Praise God. <laughs> you know, I asked my pastor at the time when we were getting married, do not use 1 Corinthians 13. So I'm all about the context. And it's not really about your marriage. Though it applies to marriage, of course. It applies to all relationships, right? It's the great uh, love passage. And, and if you notice, right, in, in the Bible, these, these chapter headings, uh, these chapter divisions, are they're really, really arbitrary. But they, sometimes they make us think, that's a different subject. But what Paul's talking about continues on in chapter 13. So he's listed all these great gifts, prophecy, teaching, healing, miracles, speaking in tongues, wisdom, all those things. But he says, listen, none of those gifts matter if you don't have this one gift. So you know where I'm going with this. 1 Corinthians 13, let's read it. It says, if I could speak in all the languages of earth and of angels but didn't love others, I would only be a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. If I had the gift of prophecy, and if I understood all of God's secret plans and possessed all knowledge, and if I had such faith that I could move mountains but didn't love others, I would be nothing. If I gave everything I have to the poor and even sacrificed my body, I could boast about it. But I didn't love others, I would have gained nothing. Love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. It is not irritable. It keeps no record of being wrong. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up, never loses faith, is always hopeful, endures through every circumstance. Prophecy and speaking in unknown languages and special knowledge will become useless. But love, that will last forever. Now, our knowledge is partial and incomplete, and even the gift of prophecy reveals only part of the whole picture. But when the time of perfection comes, these partial things will become useless. When I was a child, I spoke and thought and reasoned as a child. But when I grew up, I put away childish things. Now, we see things imperfectly like puzzling reflections in a mirror. But when we will see everything with perfect clarity, all that I know now is partial and incomplete, but then I will know everything completely, just as God now knows me completely. These things will last forever. Faith, hope, and love. And the greatest 
of these is love. So, we got a church. They want to know what gift is more important. They're fighting about it, being competing with their gifts. And Paul says, you've missed the point. All of those things, whether they happen or not, whether you use those gifts or not, all of those are inferior to the most important gift that we have, and that's love, right? See, the reason, you know, Ricardo, he sacrificed his body just to be with us last week and to preach for you, and he did that, and he plays bass here too and does a whole bunch of other stuff around here, and he gathers with you because he loves you, and he loves God's church, and he loves gathering with us. And you guys, you guys stepped out in confidence and faith in God last week because you love Ricardo and you love Katia and you want them to be well and healed. And that is beautiful, right? I don't know why we suffer or why God doesn't heal everyone. And uh, even the answers that I've explored over the years, which I'm sure some of you have too, you know, they don't always land, right? And I'm not going to try to use any of those justifications. Uh, We just don't know. Um, And that's okay. Because the important thing is, the the thing that's completely different from anywhere else found in the world, in any other religion, is that God enters into our suffering with us. Right? There's a popular song, you know, what if God were one of us? Well, he is one of us, Right? He entered into personhood. We are persons because of his personhood. He identifies with our suffering. You think about the, the incident in the garden right before he's, he, he, he's going to go to the cross, right? And uh, he's struggling, right? We see this picture. And he's praying to God that the cup would pass from him. Now, you can look at that incident and say... Okay, he prayed to be relieved of that suffering that was to come. Now, what if that prayer had been answered? What if God had delivered Jesus from that suffering? Would that have been a miracle? No. Right. It wouldn't have been a miracle, at least not for any of us. It would have been disastrous. And we see in that instant that God is willing to walk with us the hard road of suffering, right? He goes to the cross because he's leading the way. You know, a lot of times we we can look at the cross and say, because Jesus went there, now I don't have to. But that's not the point of the cross, at least not the whole point of the cross. Because Jesus goes to the cross, because he walks that path of suffering, he shows us the way. He shows us that we can go there with him because he's already been there. Right? We, the whole point of Jesus' cross is that we can enter into it with him because he enters into our suffering with us. And we don't have to be afraid about it. And I want to look at Hebrews 
5, 7 through 10. We have it there. It says, During the time of Jesus' earthly life, he offered up prayers and supplications with loud shouts and tears to the one who was able to save him from death. He was heard because of his devotion. Right? So his prayer perhaps wasn't answered, but he was heard because of his devotion. And although he was a son, he learned obedience through what he suffered. And when he had been made complete and perfect, he became the source of eternal salvation for all who obey him. Since he has been designed, designated by God as the high priest according to the order of Melchizedek. In fact, and if you go on, and I don't have it up there, but I'm sure I'm going to read it to you. If you go on later in Hebrews 12, it says, He knew that there was joy spread out and waiting for him. And that's why he endured the cross, making light of its shame. And has now taken his seat at the right hand of God's throne. So before the other versions say, the joy set before God, right? He wanted to reach the cross. And though he was tempted not to go there by Satan, he kept fighting in prayer and supplication to God to help him get to the cross. See, the way of the cross entails great suffering, but also great joy. For the joy set before him, he walked the path of the cross. So where do we keep going? Where do we go from here? Well, I'll tell you one thing. Uh, just because we have one un- unanswered prayer, we're not going to stop praying. Right? We're going to be a praying church or we're going to be a dead church. See, we're going to pray for miracles. We're going to pray for healing. And we're going to let our prayer life shape us and mold us into a posture of love. You see, one of the most important things about prayer, what it does, right, when you start to form a praying life, you, you start to realize all the needs and all the hurts and all the people around you who need a breakthrough from God. And you start to devote your prayer life to them. And then the, when you start to put other people in your prayer life, in your needs, which is what we did last week, right? Our problems, our suffering starts to diminish because we have Jesus, right? We're walking that path with him. And our problems and our suffering are small compared to what we want to see done for other people, right? Our hearts go out to Ricardo and others and everyone else who is suffering, right? We don't want to see people suffer. We want to see people healed. And so when we develop this posture of prayer, it develops in us this posture of love for other people, which is what we displayed last week and what we're going to continue to display, right? We're going to be defiant in prayer, just like Jesus was in the garden, We're not going to let Satan tempt us away just because we have a little bit of suffering or a lot of suffering for some of us, not to diminish it. We're going to be defiant in prayer. We're going to be defiant in love for each other. We're going to be, and and then not only that, is yes, we pray. Yes, we love people. And then that ultimately will lead us into action. We'll be defiant in our action. There was a a, a movie, I, I, I was like, uh, eat, pray, love. Does that sound right? I, I never watched it. <laughs> they got the order wrong, though. Pray, love, and then you can go have a meal. All right? Prayer will lead you to loving people, and loving people will lead you to a prayer life. 
and will lead you into acting on those uh, prayers and the way you love people. You know, uh, so many problems right now in the world, and um, sometimes it can seem overwhelming. And, um, you know, our first action always should be, yes, prayer, because we don't know what to do, right? So we pray first. We go to God. Listen, God, I don't, I don't know the answer to the food shortage. I don't know the answer to uh, the mothers of young ones who are looking for baby formula. I don't know the answer to this war in Ukraine, but we can go to him in prayer and ask for a breakthrough and then ask for wisdom about what we can do, where we are to bring about his kingdom, however small, however little, and then we can move into action, always praying along the way, absolutely, right? So if you're worried about those things, if if you're if your heart breaks for somebody's suffering, go to God in prayer and keep standing in the gap for them. Don't be discouraged if you don't get the answer that you're wanting because we have to continue to be defiant. We're going to be a praying church or we're going to be a dead church. We're going to be a praying people or we're going to be a dead people. See, the kingdom is... At hand, that's what Jesus preached, right? And it's all around us. But it's yet more. A greater day is yet still coming. And in the in-between, the tension of the in-between, we've got work to do. We want to see in the in-between until that day of the Lord finally arrives and puts all this to bed. We want to work towards that and to leave suffering and to bring about the goodness and light of God's kingdom, however small and however ways that we can do it. So yes, let's pray. But let's plant gardens, right? If we pray that God would give us wisdom about ways we can help. I don't know all the answers, but it always starts with prayer. And then let us move into action. Maybe that looks like donating blood or perhaps even donating. You know, someone you can help, you know, they can, you can donate breast milk to help with the, the formula shortage. If that's something you're in a position to do, donate blood, donate time. Think about ways how you can be prepared for whatever suffering may come for our, our neighbors and start to prepare. Maybe that's putting a little bit aside of money so that you'll have money to give to buy groceries for somebody or to buy food from somebody. Maybe that looks like, hey, we can start planting trees so that we have fruit for our community in case we don't, you know, have enough food. You see, in our country and in our American church, we have been accustomed to comfort. And a lot of that to our own uh, downfall, right? We are so accustomed to comfort that we're not yet ready to enter into the suffering of not necessarily having enough food or having to shelter mothers and children in our own houses and be ready to do that. Or like the early church, maybe we become so radicalized that we are willing to sell everything we have just to help alleviate the suffering of our neighbors. And we'll never get there if we're not willing to first step out in prayer. Even if it means we'll look like we'll be embarrassed, or even if it means it might hurt our pride, 
we're not going to get there unless we're willing to step out in confidence in God and pray. Pray for difficult things and hard things. And then even more, step out in radical action. We talk about we want to be a church of radical love. Well, it starts with radical prayers, radical supplication, radical demands of God to see things changed, and then for us to step out into them and act in accordance with those prayers. See, prayer is about dying to ourselves, not getting our way. See, praying, praying that God shows us how to die to ourselves, that's a good prayer. How to live with less, how to give more, how to step out in confidence in God. You see, the garden, in the garden, Jesus' prayer was about him dying to himself. In Colossians 3, it says, Put on then, dear children, as God's children, put on love and patience and hope. And above all these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. Dallas Willard, I came across this quote this week on Monday. I didn't know I was going to teach on Monday. And I thought, oh, man, this is a really great quote. I should use it sometime. I didn't know I was going to use it this way. It says, your cross isn't things you don't like. Your cross is the end of your self-will. Your cross is putting God first. Now, there may be some things that happen to you that you don't like, but you'll handle those better if you put God first. And you'll handle them much better if you don't have to have your own way. But Jesus is saying, if you're going to be my disciple, you'll have to put an end to having your own way. And prayer helps us, right? I've found in my own prayer life, the more and more I lift up other people's, the less and less my problems are all that big of a deal anyways. See, we've been conditioned in our culture of comfort That when something bad goes wrong, well, I'm going to pray that my situation is better. And that's not wrong. That's not bad. But ultimately, we want to develop a posture of love for other people and praying for them and standing for them and acting on their behalf. See, prayer is the beginning at the end of our self-will because prayer ultimately leads us to loving others. So, where do we go from here, right? Well, we're going to pray for, we're going to continue to pray for his kingdom to come. We're going to act in accordance with those prayers. We're going to be bold in prayer and action. And most importantly, we're going to be bold in loving people. Even if it doesn't work out. Even with the knowledge that it might not work out. Because I would much rather side on the air of we prayed, we acted, we tried, rather than Well, we didn't even try. We didn't even pray. So, well, yes, if you don't pray, you don't act, nothing will happen. So, we know nothing will happen if we don't pray. We know nothing will happen if we don't act as God has commanded us to to bring about his will on earth as it is in heaven. So let us be bold in prayer and action. And let's see what happens, right? I'm going to invite the band to come back up as we close here. God is with us. He's in this fight. He has not abandoned us. And we're going to trust him in the good times and the bad times. And we're going to act in bold, radical love to see things change because we want to see his kingdom come.
We want to see people healed. We want to see breakthroughs happen. And we're going to trust that God's going to do it. And we're going to trust him that even when we don't understand it, we're going to keep trusting him. We're going to keep fighting. We're going to keep being defiant. If you need prayer right now, um, just raise your hand. If you need prayer, if you need a breakthrough, raise your hand. Okay. Okay. <clears throat> you guys are all a little hesitant from last week. We're going to pray for you guys. We're going to keep praying for you. If you need prayer, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be up here. You can come up now during the song or um, I'll stay a little bit after and we'll pray for you. And if uh, I could get some, a couple other people to come up here too and, and volunteer to, to pray for people. We'll be here uh, during the song if you want prayer. And I'm going to pray for you guys right now, each of you. And uh, we're going to continue to step out boldly in prayer and love for each other and for our community and for this world because we have no other choice. Amen? Father, I thank you for these people who love you, who need you, and who want to see you work in their lives and in the lives of their neighbors and their friends and their family and in their community and in this world for everyone who is suffering, for everyone who needs a breakthrough, for everyone who needs a miracle. You saw the people who raised their hand, Lord. I pray specifically for them right now. I don't know what they need a breakthrough for. They need you to show up and heal them and provide for them and to comfort them. And I just pray and I ask you to show up and to deliver them from whatever it is that they need deliverance from. And that you would give them a clear answer today. And if anyone needs prayer, Lord, lead them to be prayed for. And then lead them to continue to pray for others. Give us the posture of prayer and love. Your love defends us, it rescues us, it delivers us. And we want to enter into that with you. We want to go to the cross with you and love people and enter into their suffering with them and to be with them and ultimately to help deliver them, Lord. We want your love and we want to reflect it back out into our communities. We want to never be complacent. We want to always be fighting in prayer and action for your kingdom to come. Give us wisdom and mold our hearts to be the type of people who are willing to go to the cross with you and are willing to lay everything out on the line to love people radically and to see your kingdom come in the name of Jesus we pray amen listening to the official podcast of the Mission Redland. 
For more information, visit us at themissionredlands.com.